Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. You know, this uh, this past anime season, it wasn't the best season, but there were some shows that had promise when we started out. And I kind of feel like everything let us down to some degree. <laughs> I think the the most charitable you could say yeah. is that most things we watched this season dipped somewhat towards the end, right? That's yeah, it, to varying degrees. To varying degrees, yes. We will talk about because and at varying is, speeds, <laughs> yes, and at varying speeds, which we will talk about because this is it's time for our season wrap up podcast for mm-hmm. the the winter twenty twenty two season. Yes, we, we take we take a we take a we take a backwards eye at the. At the rich hall of anime that we've the, fished up over the last the few the the proud the few the few and proud shows that made it to the end uh, we will talk about uh, so before we get into that just to introduce everybody I'm Gel I'm joined by Iro I'm still here I'm not dead yet still with us and joined by G what's good everybody. Yeah, so, um, like we said, we're going to talk about the end of uh, the winter season. Well, we have some things to say about some shows that indeed uh, are a bit surprising and unfortunate, <laughs> but we'll get to all that in a minute. Before we get to the actual wrap-up, though, I did want to touch on, and I've been, I've been kind of ignoring this the past couple episodes, and uh-huh. there's just more news piling on. But as of this recording, we have Mm -hmm. some breaking news in the world of anime streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the the, the world of like legal anime watching has been shaken up quite a bit over the past like month uh, with, uh, you know, we kind of knew things were going to happen with the acquisition of Crunchyroll and them both coming under both Crunchyroll and Funimation coming under the Sony umbrella. Like we knew things were going to happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's almost like corporate acquisition is really bad for the consumers and the yeah. fans. Yeah. So I mean, it started with um, them just deciding to straight up kill Funimation. Yes. Which um, right. kind of surprised me a little bit. That I thought at least brand wise they would keep it alive. Even if they like the merged, Western yeah, brands, that's in, in a lot of ways. Like I, it hadn't really hit me until recently that oh right, like this is, you know, that they're just like straight up kind of like mothballing that name, right? I mean, yeah, you know, the way I thought they would maybe like come up with a new name or like make it call right. Crunchyroll Funimation or something. I don't know. Whatever, right, right, yeah, like like they're like no, combined, you know, Funimation's doing, dead. You know, uh, do a name called Bandai, now. you know, like just <laughs> combine yeah, the two right. names. Um, you know, which I found, Enix, which I found uh, kind of amusing that when the announcement came out, like Funimation Twitter, only up until recently, started acknowledging this was happening, and Crunchyroll right. like immediately started adding people and saying, "Cancel your subscription." <laughs> yes, yes. Um. <laughs> you know, it's it, the the whole thing is funny to me if you if you think of it like a um, messy like 
love triangle where people keep yeah. breaking up with each other. Yeah, it, yeah. Be- between like Crunchyroll, Funimation, and and Sentai, who does who is behind High Dive, like you had like uh-huh. years ago, uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation hooked up, right? Yeah. And then they I had remember. like a real messy. They had a real messy breakup. And Crunchyroll immediately rebounded with with High Dive. High dive yeah. If you remember, like the next, like within that hour, they like announced, uh-huh. like you're gonna watch, be able to watch all the shows on VRV and all that. Yep. And uh, now they uh, they they hooked back up with Funimation again and uh, broke up with uh, broke up with Sentai. Funimation said, "Delete Sentai out of your phone." That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, which. We saw this week with the the additional news of uh, Crunchyroll dropping like uh-huh. a lot of shows. Who could have seen this yeah. coming? Who knew um, that corporate consolidation would be bad for the consumer? Most of the most of the shows they're dropping are ones that Sentai have, so I'm assuming that's the that's probably what's going underlying. On there, yeah. um, yes, thing. Uh, and it's a lot, like, I think, what is it, like, 100 shows or something they're taking off? And some of them are, f- I mean, like, amount. Yeah. most of them are kind of, I mean, most of them are sort of, like, B-list stuff, sure. like, because that's what High Dive gets, but, um, <laughs> like, the biggest name is probably, like, Food Wars, which is, like, B-list, but popular. It's a Shonen Jump property, so. Yeah. Um, Noted. But there's a lot of things that hurt me personally, like, uh, uh-huh. well, you know, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun is a popular one. We're losing. We're losing that. Uh, golden time. Shout out oh, to man. Uh, fucking golden time, huh? One of my personal favorites. Uh, uh, Tanaka Kun is always listless. I'm skimming this list. Like there's the, mm-hmm. all, a lot of my cult favorite uh, gel shows are dropping yeah. off of here. Majestic and Prince. Majestic oh, Prince. Man. You know, Majestic Super, Prince. Super Robot War 30s. Majestic <laughs> Prince. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh that that was so that was a pretty I mean, that's one aspect of this, right? Yes. And then we have the most recent aspect mm-hmm. of this of this development that in I mean many I'll ways... point out that was like three days ago, and this is now like two days ago, they dropped another probably yes. the biggest bomb of all, which is um Crunchyroll dropping their support for the, the they, they've always had a free streaming option. So yes, right. it's always the the you simulcast know. would be up for free with ads a week after it, yeah the original yes. airing. You, you could there was always some method you could watch legally watch anime for free on on Crunchyroll for uh well quite a while <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and they announced that they're dropping that. Um, yes. uh-huh. They have, they have just as some clarification. Apparently, you will still be able to watch shows prior to this upcoming spring season, but anything after that is going to be locked behind the premium subscription. Um, with the exception of a few shows that they're going to like dangle out as a preview, and you'll be able to like mm-hmm. watch the first couple episodes or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty big news because I I have to imagine when they were evaluating the value of Crunchyroll, a large part of it was the fact that um I I didn't I didn't verify these numbers, but I saw I saw somebody mention like they only have like five million premium subscribers and like um, one hundred and fifty million like free 
users. Yes, it is. It is. It is five million paid subscriptions to a one hundred and fifteen million. Uh, <laughs> I mean, free users. even if those numbers are not one hundred percent accurate, like it's a huge disparity. Is the point? Yes, right? like, and right. this is why, like, you know, in a lot of ways, this this decision is. I mean, not baffling. I know exactly why it's happening, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed, et cetera, I'm et cetera, actually, like, surprised this didn't happen sooner, but... Yes, but this idea of, like... You know, I, I think... I think, the, I think the, the people responsible for this decision are going to be very surprised when <laughs> they, they make a decision like this, yeah. and they don't, in fact, see those 115 million start signing up for paid subscriptions, because it fundamentally does not under... It, 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 it fundamentally misunderstands why people subscribe to services versus utilizing a free option, if available. Mm-hmm. Right. And... This idea that, oh, well, we did the math, and if we kill our free subscription entirely, we'll probably get, of that 115 million... Right, a percentage. Like, yeah, a percentage will come, be, will become paying subscribers. And, no, in fact, it's probably going to go the other way around, where, you know, as the oft-posted oft uh, uh, page from the hit Weekly Shonen Jump manga, One Piece, often mm. says... I believe the world is about to witness a great era of piracy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the thing, right? Like the, with, with all these streaming services, like I always look at as like their main competition is piracy. It's not even each each other really. Like, you know, if if I like take it away from anime, look at like other, like, like Netflix and stuff. Like if there's something on, Netflix I want to watch but I don't want to pay for Netflix um I can't say oh I'm going to go buy get Hulu instead I have right. to like your other option is piracy mm-hmm. um <laughs> so like you get all these people that and then and then just to make the assumption that the only reason they're not paying is because they're okay with like putting up with the ads or something you know it's no they're probably not paying because they don't have the money to pay for it right um then it's it's just a very short-sighted decision yeah and And especially with anime because again like you know this is a topic we've talked about before but like you know in many ways piracy was the true mentor the guiding moonlight Uh of anime fandom right western anime is like so tied up in with piracy yes with piracy trading trading tapes and yes scanlations like i mean even Mm -hmm. Again, even Crunchyroll itself is based off of you know. Right. Yes, for for, yes. For, for for the kids out there who do not remember, Crunchyroll started out as one of the many illicit streaming websites on the internet that you could watch episodes of Naruto on. Yes, and they were just the only... one who negotiated to get an official Naruto stream. Yes, yes, yeah. and 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 it's it's it's. Look, I'm not I'm not out here being like ah Crunchyroll forgot its roots because whatever, right? The the sweet yeah. allure of money. Makes fools of us all. Makes fools of us all, yes, thank you. But, like, this isn't, like, I mean, okay, this is not to, like, necessarily, like, you know, make assumptions, but, like, I'm going to suspect that the people who have Netflix subscriptions are probably not as tech-savvy, right? Like, the reason why Netflix earned such a huge, like, 
percentage of market dominance is its convenience. You know, right. it's, it's it's availability, right? Like if you own a PS4, you can get Netflix. Right? I can watch like, Netflix on my Nintendo Wii U. Yes, exactly. Like, and you you get the whole library. It's very, uh, you know. It's relatively simple mm-hmm. to just find something to watch on there, on there right? And right. as a result, its clientele is also not necessarily as in tune with, you know, pirating or or pirate streaming or what have you. But this, we're talking about anime fandom. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, fucking, like, blow up any spots here. But, like, if you're an anime fan, you probably know at least three you or four different yeah. websites you could hit up for what you're looking for <laughs> they, they all know yeah you, know, you all know the, like, the, the glorio blog does not endorse uh you know whatever but uh you know you, you all know you know <laughs> um if you don't know you know someone who does Look. exactly yeah so i mean again like i'm not surprised and like i said in fact i'm actually surprised it hasn't happened sooner because you know uh crunchyroll has been i mean Let's remind everyone they were essentially owned by AT&T before Sony bought them. Like they've been like oh mega corporation yeah. for a long time. And it, I feel like if I'm a you know, short-sighted uh, big boss man at a corporation uh-huh. and I'm looking at this free option and I'm like why are we doing this? Nobody else is doing it. Like could you imagine if like Netflix had this uh, had, had, free, had, had, had a had a free you know, tier. Right, we'll we'll put we'll put this show out uh-huh. and like if you just wait a week you can watch it for Even free Hulu with ads. Is, like Hulu has ads on their paid tier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Even if you pay for Hulu, you still get ads, right? Yeah, so, like, I, I can see how, like, if if you're a big boss man that doesn't have insight into right. how specifically the anime industry works, right. like, how how piracy is an even bigger factor. Right. Um, like, that's the thing. I think it was, in fact, it was probably a pretty smart move to have a free tier on Crunchyroll. Yes. Right, because, like, that's, that's that basically is, this, because like... Because that is, that is income you weren't going to get anyways. Right. right. You are, and you are now turning, you can maybe get some from ads. Right. You were turning a viewer base that was never going to pay for your service into at least partially contributing to your finances through, through ads. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. And you know Again, what? When that when that like uh, you know thirteen or fourteen year old kid watching the free one gets a job in a couple of years, he might pay the ten dollars a month. You know, They're like right. you're you're it, it, that you got to think more long term for that, and it's just like such a short sighted decision. Yeah, but like it's you're telling it's, think, me long term sustainability is more <laughs> is more appealing than short term gains. Like it's it's a thing of like it's 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 interesting because I think I am look. Maybe maybe I'm just being pragmatic about this. I bet in the short term they will probably see gains from this choice. Oh yeah, like there will probably be enough people. I don't know how many, like a million, maybe maybe less than a million. I it's hard to say, but there will be right. people. Yeah, it, who it'll begrudgingly, be yeah. yes, pull out their wallets and say fine. But I think what you're going to see over time is that the long-standing majority of anime fans, like, just won't put up with that, right? Like they mm-hmm. they because. They are too tech savvy to be forced into your corporate pen. Like they, you deprive them of a convenient legal option, and they will, like, then we will take the many, convenient illegal option. Yes, the convenient illegal option. Yes, essentially. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's or it's if, that, or if they're. I mean, you've got that, and then if they're even like if they're a more casual fan and they don't care about keeping up on like the latest whatever they'll just watch all right well what anime is on netflix i'll find something on there yeah you know, basically like, right like for 
there are a lot of fans out there that are just not going to be that discerning, right? Like, like you will get your, like, weekly Shonen Jump diehards, right? Who are like, I gotta get my new episode of One Piece or whatever, right? But right. for people who are watching anime, like, sporadically, who are not even following the current season, but are just right. watching whatever becomes available on their yeah, streaming Yeah, like, like we're, we're the crazy people looking at the season charts and everything, right? right. Like, yeah, most people, <laughs> like, like, most people are not like that. Like, you know, there are people I know who are watching anime that aired, like, two years ago, like, this week. Right, like, that right. is that is that is what that forms a huge portion of the anime watching fandom it are people that are just like well i don't want to call them like you know fair weather fans but it's more like they're not keeping up season to season they are more the type of fan that's like i'm in the mood for an anime right now what's currently on right mm-hmm. right and if you deprive them of a of an option like crunchyroll they they're will not just gonna, look at what other streaming go services they're already subscribed to and see what they have. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Odd Taxi now. Wait, Odd Taxi is on? Is it? Is it? Is it on Netflix? I forget. No. I don't think so. I, I don't JoJo's Bizarre Adventure oh, Part goodness. Six: yeah. Stone Ocean now on Netflix. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> like... from what you guys have told me, they should probably watch that anyway, right? But. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, this is the this is the world we live in now. Uh, when you have <laughs> one one company, you just gotta put up with whatever you know they give you, and um, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes before they. Uh, I I'm, I guarantee the price increase is coming, which yep, absolutely is another. Th- which is another thing I'm surprised they haven't done yet. Because I'm, I'm I'm really curious how many PR hits like this they can willingly swallow before it they, they, they might. It's Sony; they can swallow as many as they want. Yeah, <laughs> the problem, I mean they right? might like, they might let this one sit for a week or something. But I'm just waiting for the. You're not like, wrong. It's just that you know, even a corporation as big as Sony has misstepped often enough to true. to at least backpedal. You know, like we we have seen. You know, look. I mean, I, you know, for us, we were mainly talking about Sony's gaming division, not Sony as a whole. But, you know, even a company like Sony can occasionally be shamed into 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 backpedaling. So maybe, you know, we we will see how how things go with the Crunchyroll situation. Yeah, I think it would. If there were any changes, it would probably going to take a long time before they reverse on it. But. We'll see. I like I, like I said, I'm just waiting for the price increase because that they have they haven't done one in a long time anyway. I'm su- that's another thing I'm surprised. And mm-hmm. it's only only it's only 10 bucks a month. Like I'm surprised they have not. They've like that, flirted so. with like a premium one, the Katsumanga also, right? Like uh, they, I think they for, dropped for a all while that. there. Right. Yeah, yeah for, think, for a bit I, there, I mean. Yeah, they tried a couple different I think, things. I think I think right another issue the, that like Crunchyroll is going to run into trying to copy the netflix formula that is going to like really bite them is that the reason why netflix has mostly remained dominant in the streaming space is because for better or worse the rise of the netflix original Mm -hmm. right this idea that you're not just coming to netflix for you know such and such show you're coming to netflix because because they've got daredevil yeah you know squid game is here or whatever Mm. right like Jojo's Crunchy Bizarre World. Adventure. Yes, yes, yes. The Netflix original Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part <laughs> Six: Stone Ocean. Right. Um, Crunchyroll very much does not have that. 
Like they have well, tried. Well, they they do They've have been trying lately. Roll original, yes, there are things like, that are called yeah. Crunchyroll originals. I would not say any of them is really moving the needle. Like there are not right. there, there there is not you know is there what's that, made like a real splash. Like what's that Twitter account like make up a type of guy to get mad at or whatever? Like <laughs> there is no such thing as a Crunchyroll fan who who gets a subscription to Crunchyroll because they just got to watch got to watch Vampire like, Princess, bro. Yeah, or like High Guardian Spice or fucking whatever. Like that person doesn't exist. I I assure yeah. you. Um Yeah, I mean that's true, but I they do have the benefit of now being the only place you can watch anime, new anime basically. So like there right. is an exclusivity exclusivity to it. Is that a real word? Um, exclusivity exclusivity yes to it to a certain degree but i i get what you're saying g it's like yeah it's the 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 things that they are stamping their name on are not like like if there were theoretically some competition (laughs) they could be taking some of these shows back from them right um i'll be curious to see if high dive gets any because high dive basically hasn't licensed anything for the past like i mean high dive has its lanes and it feels like uh-huh. they very you know that that lane is being the legend of the galactic heroes <laughs> channel <laughs> yes uh, you can watch, can watch legend, legend of the galactic, galactic heroes. heroes now on vrv at high dive no, no, oh, no, not on vrv anymore vrv doesn't exist anymore no, you, <laughs> on vrv you can only watch uh do you know I taste the the old the old programming kicked back in in my brain. <laughs> yeah, Bill excited for the next podcast. They, yes, they they can stick with their uh, niche uh, of old shows before night made before hey, nineteen ninety. Maybe you should watch maybe you should watch Aura Battle or Dunbine or Blue Gales the Bungle on High Dive. I believe those are on High Dive, right? Yeah, I believe so. So, all right, well. I don't think we have too much more to say about that yeah. one. So I mean, this, is a, this on... is a developing story, so yes. we yes. will we we may check back in on this As months down helps. the line. Depending when I'm complaining on... about having to pay twenty dollars a month for Crunchyroll next next episode, we'll right. uh, we'll come back to it. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll have our next the next time you know a few months down the line we'll we'll bring up we'll we'll be talking about the Crunchyroll uh, license fire sale where uh, they have just been forced to sell off the, the streaming rights to everything they own. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, you can get the Naruto streaming license for about two hundred bucks. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's coming soon to Glorio. I think we, I think we did Naruto. that. I think we did that joke one time of what shows with Glorio yeah, license. But uh, yeah, <sighs> all all the weird, all the weird niche Glorio shows. All right. Well, let's move on to talk about some actual anime. Oh boy! Uh, the shows that have wrapped up this season. And we'll start with ones that we haven't really talked about, mm. at least not in a long time. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, give you guys a chance to catch up. It's been several months. It's time yeah. to talk about the winter 2022 show, 86. 86. <laughs> now, now, what happened with the time frame? Like, they like had to delay the last couple episodes or yeah. something? Or what? So, the understanding with 86, which was uh, originally aired in fall of 2021, is that... Uh, the sheer scope and scale of the anime and its just material demands and technical demands of the, of the of the subject matter they were animating meant that the show quickly found itself running into a lot of production issues, you know. Yeah. And, and and this led to a lot of like Well, the funny thing is that even in the midst of all this, 
I would never say the episode started looking horrible. It's just that you could tell the difference right. between like the see, budget. And, you could see the like, shortcuts that were taken. Right. Yes, yes, like much many more panning stills and dialogue. But I would never say it actually started to look like bad, which is in right. some regards maybe a credit to A One's part. But um, but I mean, we, we started getting a lot make... of like we started getting we a lot would... of like uh, um, what's it what's it called recap episodes a lot of uh, right a lot of skips episode of, like seventeen point five yes yes and eventually this got bad enough that it culminated in they them deciding to air the last two episodes in in March yeah so and, uh, I mean I mean. And it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of preferable to do that than just try to slap something together, right? Right. And right. kill we your all, staff. We all and... saw what happened to Rolling Girls and Wonder Egg priorities. Yes. Oh, and... there are many, many, many examples throughout the history of yes. anime, but yes. And in many ways, like, it kind of makes sense. You know, I, I was talking about this with Ira when we were watching it, because, like, you know, to, to get into the, the, the meat of it itself, I would say that the last two episodes are... <sighs> perfunctory in a way like they are they are the denouement the yes you know your the come down from the climax of of the last episode that had aired in 2021 and i could see some people looking at this and being like really you needed three months to animate these two episodes (laughs) and to that i would say no it's not that they, they needed three months to animate those two episodes it's that they needed three months worth of like scraps of spare time in the middle right. of the rest of their budget like mm-hmm. an, <clears throat> an animating schedule and like, right. free slots on the air yes because the way that anime production works is often a studio gets contracted to animate x number of episodes for y season right mm-hmm. right and the thing about anime studios is that they often take contracts far in advance, right? Like, many anime... Your average anime studio probably has anywhere from the next three to nine months of their uh, schedule lined up, right? Like, written in contract of what they're working on. And what happens then if you have production issues like 86 did is you can't dig into your next season schedule. Like, there are contractual obligations. Right. It's a domino Uh, effect. Right, or like ripple whatever, effect, or whatever like, metaphor. You whatever A one <laughs> agreed to work on next season, like I think we were Still looking. It, it was Kaguya-sama, it. Right? right? Like they like sama is is airing next season, right? So the Kaguya people are going to be taking a hard look at A one and being like, "We noticed you didn't tapping finish." Tapping their watch, yeah. yeah, like tapping their watch and saying, "Hey, uh, we paid for your time from this t- from this date to this date. Like if we catch you." working on that other show during this time like yeah there will be hell to pay so what happens is that those last two episodes of 86 are probably being unfortunately just animated in the off time what whatever resem- whatever <laughs> passes for passes spare for, time yeah. in an anime production schedule is when those episodes are being worked on right and so that's probably why in a lot of ways the last two episodes of 86 kind of feel a little bit anticlimactic and it's almost not the fault of those episodes themselves because I think if those two episodes had aired immediately after the prior episode during fall 2021 I think we all would have largely accepted it as the perfectly cromulent like thematic conclusion to the 86 story right but waiting three months for it 
does lead to a bit of a wait. This is right. what we waited for. Yeah. Like if if it is still I'm like, assuming it is, like it is still like perfectly like, chronological conclusion. Day six. Just, yes. Just yes. now we had to wait multiple months, and so it feels more underwhelming. Because like right? you know, in many ways, the the way the thing I'll say about eighty six, like taken as a whole, like you know, it's it's. I think. If this if if this is the story that you were trying to tell with eighty six, and these are the character arcs you were trying to complete, I do think eighty six does largely succeed in what it was aiming to achieve. Um, the conclusion of eighty six is not the conclusion of the eighty six story. Uh, right. There are there are, there, novels, there are the dangling yeah. plot threads. Uh, we are aware that there are more volumes of that novel that exist. Um, but thematically, if you're going to end the story about 86, the story mm-hmm. about a man and a woman on opposite ends of the societal spectrum in a, you know, real robot-like sci-fi <laughs> setting, I think it largely does succeed in what it was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, your own personal, like, te- taste for that will vary, I think. I think, you know, Iro and I have made it clear that we have often very much felt um the <laughs> 86 is maybe um ham-fisted yes. attempts at social commentary to be uh, a little trying at times yes indeed but i would i will grant 86 this i think in spite of all that this is not as much a praise of 86 as this is a <laughs> condemnation of the genre it is a part of. Oh, but no. 86 is probably broadly the most successful real robot anime made in the last decade. Wow. It's getting that, there. While, while I, I want to say that's a bold statement as I'm trying to like, it do the math in my head. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm you're probably Go back to 2012, starting from 2012 onwards, find me another real robot anime that is unequivocally good. Uh, Jireko. Is that a real robot? Is that a... Alright, fine. Yes, <laughs> fine. Go- Gundam, Reconquista, and G is the only other example. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Oh, um, well, I do know... When we started talking about season two, the couple times we talked about it, it sounded like you, like, is this a redemption story? Because like you guys were not like super high on season one. I think season two was more interesting than season one. Yes, I think I think season two broadly, uh, you know, ironically, I feel like we often complain about shows that do this and do it poorly, but eighty six choosing to broaden the scope of its world mm-hmm. was actually largely a net good for its story. Um, I think that its original premise was in some ways just too was difficult to to accept wholesale. Yeah, uh, it, it, because in many ways it's it, its version of oppression is so comically overblown. It was difficult to like Take it accept it. Yeah. Whereas in many ways broadening the scope to a more like military sci-fi Cold War setting actually did a lot of like wonders for for eighty six's like style of storytelling. Um, I, you know, like, like, 
Okay, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to use an example to kind of get at, like, why I think that, like, in a lot of ways, despite its many issues, I think that 86 is still something I broadly come away still positive on. Mm-hmm. So, in the final episode of 86, um, it is mostly centered around the aftermath of this of this really large battle that they fought against the, uh, the AI, the Legion, right? And part of that is that the Federacy, the... The second nation state that we were introduced to in '86, uh, who who rescue the kids after their, you know, Bolivian army ending in season one, um, also launch a like rescue, a a liberation operation of uh, of of the Republic of Sa- uh, the Republic of uh, of Magnolia or Saint Magnolia, San Magnolia, San San Magnolia, the original nation from season one, <clears throat> which has essentially been completely eradicated as a nation state (laughs) as a sovereign nation they have been destroyed by the legion uh they very much make it like they are very much leaned very heavily into the contrast of like the federacy why the federacy is still able to hold on as a nation versus why the republic is destroyed eventually by this final legion offensive and very much much of it leans into this idea of like even in their death throes the republic were reluctant to utilize the 86 in the defense of their own capital nation because of their long-standing prejudice right how could we let 86ers into our city city limits yes yes and so this is the so they were literally destroyed by racism essentially yes it's very look it's very clumsy (laughs) but yes the idea is that the republic of san magnolia is destroyed by their own internalized prejudices Right. And the thing that I actually do appreciate in this epilogue episode where now we see the aftermath of the Federacy occupying the Republic and, like, basically serving as a peacekeeping force to, like, restore some resemblance of order. Because the, the, the nation-state is essentially destroyed, but there are still San Magnolians. They, 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 they are still there. They're still... No, their people are still uh, alive. Um... And basically, it's kind of focusing on the steps being taken to kind of reestablish some form of authority there. And we get two different scenes in this episode that do a great <laughs> job of illustrating 86's, um, its foibles, but also perhaps its admirable traits. So one aspect of this is that, you know, the Federacy is, a, is ostensibly a racially egalitarian democracy. Right, like there is mm-hmm. no, you know. Again, it is kind of an America analog. So it is idea of that on paper the Federacy is right. a, a a a a a democratic republic. Yeah. Yes, and so one of the things they establish once they reoccupy the republic is that the eighty six forces uh, uh, are largely responsible for much of the peacekeeping and uh, um, military aid being rendered to. Uh, the San Magnolian refugees and survivors of the war, right? So you have scenes now of San Magnolians lining up in bread lines to be given soup and bread by their former, uh, you know, (laughs) by the people they formerly oppressed, right? The idea being, ah, the power dynamic has now been reversed, yes? Mm -hmm. Like, now power lies in the hands of the 86ers. And... You have a moment where, you know, some San Magnolian is getting his soup and his bread, and he's complaining about his portion, and even here and now, 
to prove that no matter what happens, racism will endure. <laughs> he calls the 86er who is literally handing him the bowl of soup, you damn colored. Mm. Uh, it's comical. It's like comical all the Sagmagnolians are, are, are have the, you know the white hair. And the eyes. white hair, yes. Right. They're, they're basically anime albinos. Uh, right. Comical. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And it's it's this thing of like I get where it's going because I seconds prior to this scene happening, I said out loud to Eero, I really hope this show illustrates <laughs> that even after great societal upheaval, that racism and prejudice will still endure. Right. That the San Magnolians will chafe against this new order. Uh, and and that sl- we will see <laughs> examples of that. Uh, then they slam us in the back of the head with a hammer. Like, and I'm like, right. no, not like that. I meant more subtle. Not yeah. just like... This I is mean, is, literally... that, is that just like an encapsulation of the 86 experience? In many ways, yes. Because Like, the they have the right of... ideas, but it's just... Uh... Yes. Because like, in a lot of ways, they're not wrong. Like, because... Right. There are stories, you know, I'm not going to go full Legend of the Glory of Heroes historical tangent here, but there are very real accounts by black soldiers who were stationed in Europe during World War II, you know, who were assigned to, like, render aid to the displaced and, you know, uh, uh, citizens of Europe, who were still called racial slurs, even then, even then, when they are rendering clothes and food to these people, were still, like, had racial epithets thrown at them, and... In many ways, because of that, I think that, like, it is important that 86 recognizes that, like, racial prejudice is a thing that does not disappear simply because the power dynamic has been changed. But its method for illustrating it is so comically overblown, it makes it difficult to take seriously. Yeah. But then, immediately after this scene, (laughs) it introduces maybe one of... The savviest takes on this trope I have ever seen in my life. Where, mm-hmm. after this, uh, Lena, the, you know, the... Mary Sue-ish in season one, much better in season two. When she has uh, less screen time. Yes, military... I, I will say in her favor, I also do think she she comes off as a little harder in season two. I would agree, Like, yeah. maybe season one, she is supposed to be kind of cloying and, 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 and patronizing so that mm-hmm. her kind of hardened personality in season two makes more sense. But she's alive, you know, and she is talking with what is left of the San Magnolian military, like, a leadership, mm-hmm. because... Because when ex- we're doing negotiations with the Federacy and stuff. Right, basically. And so, in exchange for the Federacy aid, uh, Lena agrees to being transferred over to Federacy military authority to command a new formed unit of former 86ers, because the idea being that she has more experience leading them in battle, and she is more familiar with their tactics. Right. And the way this scene is introduced, however, is you have, like, the most fucking, like, sniveling, boot-licking, San Magnolian, like, general, like, in this room with two Federacy, like, military aides there. Mm-hmm. And, like, this dude is, like, kissing ass so hard. He's like, ah, <laughs> you know, thank goodness you're here, Lena. After all, we'd only be here if it were thanks to you, the wonderful of efforts the of you and, and the brave Federacy soldiers who came to rescue us, right? And there's two things that this show does to immediately set this tone. 
The first is you see the shots of the two Federacy guys who are there, and you see that they have nothing but sheer contempt for this person on their face. Like, right. they... It's like they don't want to be here. They don't want to be here. They know it's bullshit. And there's sort of this unspoken resentment from the Federacy of, like, wow, we... We we shed blood to save a bunch of racists, huh? Like that's right. That's why we died in the trenches was to rescue these guys. And in addition to that, on this general's desk are two photos facing outwards from his desk. Uh, one with his loving family, and the other of him uh, uh, gleefully hugging two eighty-sixer children. Uh-huh. Who both have the most dead-eyed expression right. on their face. <laughs> and I think it is very important to note, again, these photos are not facing inwards towards where he's sitting. Mm-hmm. They're turned outwards towards whoever would right. be visiting him. Right. And it, you immediately understand the subtext of who this man is and what he has done in the wake of this war to, like, blatantly try to save his own skin. <laughs> Uh, and it's stuff like that where I go, oh man, all right, eighty six, you're not so bad, I guess. <laughs> but these two scenes are back to back. Right. It's like it's like the show understands what good subtext is and then just chooses not to use it. It's like it's like eighty six is like you can have a little subtext as a treat, just a little. <sighs> wow. I mean, you're saying it still ended up being a net positive, though, right? Like, yeah, uh, so. yeah. I mean, would you would you recommend somebody watch eighty six eighty six? Um, <laughs> maybe if, maybe in in certain situations where may, maybe they're expressing interest in the genre and are about to watch something worse. Sure, sure. I, if, I would if, be like, sure. Wait, if, if, no. If, if someone came up to me and was like, "Well, gee, I was thinking of watching a robot anime, and I was thinking either Kyokai Senki or eighty six. <laughs> right? If it was like a, like I a watch? recent, uh-huh. like like if they want to watch like a recent example, right? Like, then I would most certainly tell them to watch eighty six. Exactly. Right. Uh, and and that's that's my endorsement of eighty six. <laughs> After you've watched. After you watch every other anime that I recommended for you, um, yes, then uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's uh, move along and catch up on another one we haven't talked about in a long time. You guys have still been watching Lupin the Third Part Six. We did. We have indeed. Is that done now? It is done now. And if we want to talk about shows that don't handle their subtext properly. We can oh, no. also talk about Lupin the Third so, Part Six. I kind of have to re-echo the thing we've always said about Part Six, which is we have to be reminded that mm-hmm. Lupin is a very long-running franchise, and they don't all hit the same. Uh-huh. And we got spoiled with Part Five and the Takeshi Koike OVAs, but we must remember that in many ways Part Six is a good encapsulation of baseline Lupin. Like, this is kind of just Lupin day-to-day, right? Like, this is kind of what this franchise often is. Mm-hmm. Um, part 6 struggled in a lot of ways all the way to its end to really, like, figure out what kind of 
Lupin story it wanted to be. Yeah. I think that Lupin Part Six has like three or four different interesting takes on Lupin, and it really should have just picked one. Yeah, because they don't really gel together at all. And by the end, they don't really find a good way to gel. It, it, like you sort of see, kind of what they're trying to like say about Lupin by the end, because like for context, like the theme of like the final third of Lupin. Uh, part six is the idea of mm-hmm. Lupin's legacy, or more than that, Lupin's roots. Right? right. Like, where does Lupin come right. from? Right. Because the whole Who... the whole second half of part six was supposed to be about like Lupin's mother is out there and yes, causing problems, and you're supposed to question like, what is Lupin's past? Who is right. his mother? Uh, I feel like I feel like anytime you go the family route, you're literally like digging deep first yes. ideas and <laughs> like so here's the thing right the way i was telling I, I was i was putting it with Eero is lupon the third part six was given a math equation and eventually arrives at the right answer but you look at the work they did to get there and it doesn't really make sense how they got there <laughs> Because it arrives at the correct conclusion, which is that Lupin's backstory does not matter. That there are no roots of Lupin, right? That Lupin is is a primordial, eternal mm-hmm. like entity, right? Like, Lupin's like, roots is you are Lupin's roots is that he is Lupin the Third, and yes. here's Jigen and Goemon and Fujiko and Zenigata. Yes, that there is no Lupin before those characters, right? That there is no Lupin before the Lupin who is the Phantom Thief, like, mm-hmm. and it kind of correctly like understands that about the character. But the method it uses to get there just really doesn't work. Like, the whole idea is that, like, oh, the person who claims to be Lupin's mother, like, basically trains and hypnotizes, like, a dozen different women, like, Mm -hmm. across, like, multiple disciplines and origins and, like, levels of, like, societal, like, you know, standing to all sort of come together to make Lupin the greatest he has ever been, right? Like... You know, there's a tech CEO. There's a there's a politician. You know, there's a there's a rival spy, a, a mercenary. You know, uh, you know, just a just a regular girl who's a who. You know, like all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all meant to be like, ah, these women were all like handpicked by me to like, you know, basically like push you to be better than you've ever been before, right? But like. It kind of doesn't work. It kind of feels like a retroactive way to justify like all these like one-off episodes right. with random Cause, characters. Cause that, that whole like... idea has nothing to do with Rupon's root. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It doesn't really work. And I don't know. I, I I really don't think there's actually that much more to say about Part Six. Yeah. Like it, it kind it's of not... just. It sounds like they just did not have like a cohesive plan. On I don't what think they, they did. Right, like to give exactly. you an idea of like how weirdly like disparate the writing of Part Six is. Sherlock Holmes does not show up for the final arc. Like, not even once. Right. So considering <laughs> like, how heavily he was promoted as, like, the yes. focus of the first half of Lupin. It, it sounds like they're like, oh, we gotta make another Lupin. Alright, you guys make a couple episodes, you make a couple episodes, you make a couple episodes, and then we'll figure out how to patch them all together. And Yeah, kind of. And but Unfortunately, th- I just think it doesn't come together. Yeah. 
Um, it's not terrible, but it is what it is, you know, I, <laughs> as I was telling Iro, you know, like, Lupin as a franchise, right, occasionally will have these great moments like Part 5, right? But by and large, Lupin chooses to link the fire. It's been, it's uh, been Lupin, the wheels. <laughs> Lupin is stagnation, right? Lupin is stagnation on a on a universal primordial it's level. Been you know, there will always be Lupin the third. You know, uh, there will always be Jigen the primordial gunslinger. There will always <laughs> be Fujiko, first of the femme fatales, uh-huh. and there will always be Go- uh, the furtive Goemon, so easily forgotten. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just. Yeah, it, it, that franchise just is what it is, right? And occasionally you get the really good ones, but like again, it, Lupin steals, Jigen shoots, Fujiko boobs, and Goemon cuts. That franchise is what it is, and you yeah. know, yeah. Sometimes you are just forced to accept that. Yeah, okay, you so you are just going to get Lupin parts that are like this, and. You know, you just kind of have to move on and hope that the next one is better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is what it is. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see how long it takes them to pull out part seven. It will happen. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, the thing, right? Like, it's going to happen, right? That's so. what I mean when I say Lupin is eternal. Like, Lupin will be there at the end of the world, <laughs> you know, sh- you know, you're, you're, you're cupping the last cinders of the primordial flame uh-huh. as we're, everything we're else in... collapses around him. Lupin will still be there when we're in uh when it's like 2050 and we're in season 160 of the Gloria blog. And, yes, uh, <laughs> it's Lupin part 15 or, or like, about, about, way more than 15 at that point. Whatever it will be. And like, yeah. it's why in many ways I'm like grateful <laughs> that part five exists because wherever Lupin continues to go, we'll always have part five. Yep. Part um, five, yeah. where it was about how Lupin is eternal, and that thematic through line carried through every episode of the show. Yes. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on then um, mm-hmm. to my show. <laughs> Life with an Ordinary Guy Who Reincarnated into a Total Fantasy Knockout, a.k.a. Fabiniku. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one episode left, I will point okay. out. Okay, so, which, like, another show on this list has not technically finished. Yes, so that will air, we're, we record Sundays, and I think that they airs Tuesday, so, um, yes. one episode left. Given the nature of the show, I don't think the last episode is gonna really change any of my opinions on it. <laughs> like, we all kind of know where it's going. Um, I, I have, of course, been, like, fairly positive about this show all throughout and i would not say it's gotten bad but i Mm. do think they finally got a little stale with it um and they did they do they're doing the thing with the final arc where with with most comedies that are you know dumb comedies with heart um where they have to put in inject some kind of arbitrary conflict to split up the main couple right Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. To you know, add some last minute tension for you know your your big climax, <laughs> so that they can realize that they truly love each other and they should never mm-hmm. be apart, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the The problem I'm having with this is they they pulled this move I think too early. Like this should have been like interesting. This should have been like a two episode arc, and it's like a four uh, or five episode arc. Ooh, oh, yeah, okay. that's to drag out. 
and drag out that separation. Stretch it. That that means like four episodes without the main couple like together, and that's like your right because like your if show. your show is if your show is based <laughs> on like a really specific character dynamic, yeah. Oh, I know what I'll do for a full third of it. I'll split up the dynamic. Yeah, like so. That, I feel like that only works if you have like a really strong cast where like you can justify the splitting them up because then you have the fun of like, well, what happens if this character is forced to hang out with that character? Mm-hmm. But if you right. don't have that, no. Yeah, because because as far as the other cat, like they have a good supporting cast, but it's a rotating cast, mm. so like they're not there every episode. Like sometimes you know, fake Kirito will show up. Sure. You know, other other times the uh, the elf lady that they killed her god and made her eat it will show up. Like like they're not like like they're definitely supporting cast. So like you can't do what you're saying. Gee, where let's mix it up. Like because right. they're not really that important. Like they're good at their role, but that's not this that kind of show. It really is like the ma- the show is the main couple. And uh, if we count presumably going like going into the last episode like it'll be like at least four episodes i think that they've been split up and the show definitely suffers from it like the the humor's still pretty good there's there's still some good jokes but like that dynamic is like what you're here for and right. i don't know why they they've stretched this out so long but yeah that's that's a little i mean i guess it's like you know what is it like <laughs> Uh, what's what's a phrase? Separation makes the heart go, grow fonder, or whatever. Like yeah. right. maybe you're trying to lean into that, but like, I'll also based on the way you described this show, it, I'm not sure it has the uh, the chops you, to handle that sort you, of thing. You pull that off. You pull that off for like one or two episodes, like as your yeah, dramatic like, final also, arc. Also, and... for a show that is like mostly a comedy, like right, like I don't can you can you really sustain like three or four like. A full third of 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 a season on this premise. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's a bit a bit disappointing. I mean, they they still have some pretty good jokes. Like I've realized they do the joke a lot that I really like, where um, somebody in so many words basically says like, "What's the worst thing that could happen?" And then they immediately like smash cut to them being in the middle of the worst thing that could right. possibly uh-huh. happen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, so like. Part of this arc kicking off was like they go to this kingdom and meet the king, and they meet her his like his daughter who's like the the typical like sheltered princess who never gets to leave the castle, uh-huh. and then like the main girl like stops her from basically killing herself. She's gonna like jump out a window, and like the and she's like yeah she's a dirt bag, but she's like still like a relatively decent person and she's like all right sure. i'm gonna stick around with this girl to make sure she doesn't hurt herself you know basically what could possibly go wrong and then they cut to mm-hmm. <laughs> they cut to the, they cut to her standing behind the princess as she's giving a speech to a bunch of troops as she's about to overthrow lead a revolution to overthrow her father mm. uh-huh. um, yeah, what could go wrong? with no with, with no other you know explanation there's thrown yeah, right, right into yeah and i'm like <laughs> all right yeah that's that's a pretty good joke so pretty you know good. like the sense of humor is there but like the, the the main appeal of the show is that chemistry between the main couple and they have not been on screen together for like three episodes at least. Right. Um, they uh yeah so hmm. they did bring in a giant robot last episode so that was oh, something. sure yeah. guy you know, right. I mean okay they got what's his name singing the op oh. right so. yeah, it finally yeah it finally uh finally started to not make the, sense not the only show bringing in giant robots I guess oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so. 
Oh, well, <laughs> I guess we'll get to that in a second. But anyway, like like I said, I don't think the last episode is really going to change all that much. I'm sure they'll get back together. They'll realize how important they are to each other, and then mm. the status quo will be restored. They'll continue yes. to adventure on to fight the Demon King and return home. The adventure will continue. And, you know, at the end of the day, I thought this show was going to be the worst show this season. <laughs> if it ends up being, uh, you know... Six or seven out of ten comedy, I'll right. take it. Um, I'll tell so. you what, I, do, I don't think I don't think it can be the worst show of the season, because... <sighs> Alright, like, are we transitioning to uh, our next uh, <laughs> next show on the list yeah, here? Yeah, I guess we do, We are. Um, All right, so, another show that has not finished yet, uh, Sabakui Bisco. So, um, full disclosure... I stopped watching this. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Understandable. The, so I'll I'll let, to let you guys know where I left off. Okay. All right. I what I kind of watched the episode where Milo storms the governor's office. Like after after the governor yeah. plays the video yeah. of the, mm-hmm. holding yeah. his is sister that, hostage. That, right. Does it takes like two episodes. Does the Terminator Two thing That's happen the in that after episode? that? I think. Okay. okay, no, I didn't get that far. I got, okay. I got strictly to the part where he like confronts the governor and they fight in his sure. office. Well, they keep fighting and him over a pit of lava. Yeah, my point point is, I hated that episode so much. Yeah, um, I... that <laughs> so... I just, I when it came time to watch the next episode, I'm like. I think Elden Ring came out by then, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you got more <laughs> things to do." I'd rather I, I, like, I could be, I could be, uh, yeah, I could be watching this or playing Elden Ring, and I'm like, right, "I think no, I know yeah, what the right your, choice get is." Get your priorities straight, exactly. Uh, so, uh, I, that, what happened? Whatever happened after that is on you guys. So. Okay, so this is like maybe like I, I'm I'm quickly realizing that like maybe one of my least favorite tropes in fiction is like. The villain who just won't die. Yes. Like, and I don't mean that in the, like, ah, they're relentless. Like, I mean this in the, like, oh, we shot you, you in like the head this, and you're still You like here. this villain too much, so even though, like, they have long passed, like, the, the, the thematically, like, best moment for them, for them to exit, like, the stage. Yeah. You are just going to keep bringing them back. Even if it makes no sense, and even if it is a detriment to the story, because they have their final confrontation with Kurokawa, the governor, mm-hmm. and like, long story short, it it, it it culminates in them basically should be killing Kurokawa like two or three times in the course of a single episode, yep. but yep. our heroes being the types of like fiction protagonists right. to not double tap the body, mm-hmm. like. So they will, like, stab him, and he'll fall over, and then they'll be like, well, I'm glad that's done. Let's have our heart-to-heart right here next to his body mm-hmm. that is within arm's reach oh, of a gun. God. Oh, well, let's keep talking and ignore him. In fact, let's both turn our backs to the villain oh, and have God. our talk. Oh, I've been shot! Oh, I got shot! He was still alive! I forgot to check! Oh, no! Now we you gotta know- fight him again! Side note: What makes that even worse for me is I say that I've been saying this a lot. I hate that guy's voice. <laughs> See, I I can't hate on K Matapa. He's but... gonna be the lizard. In this well, specifically the the oh, voice that's that great. 
start specifically starting when he was the bad guy in Apari Ronmon, and they basically had uh-huh. the same episode in Apari Ronmon, if you remember. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was the exact same thing that they did in Apari Ronmon uh, when he revealed that he was the villain. It's and they too bad, because like I think he has a great voice for villains. He just gets cast as really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, he was also he was also uh, in uh, Magatsu Varheit. That's uh, true, yeah. Um, He's also Kaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh! But the the way they use his voice specifically what in these contexts... What a such a talented VA. Like, he has such a good, grimy villain voice. I don't, I don't feel gets... like... I don't even... I don't even feel like it, that fits, like, the character in this case. Like... I don't, I don't know, but anyway, yeah. like the, the like it's literally nails on chalkboard for me. So that when the fact the fact that they were like, because even in the episode I was watching, I think he died like three times. Yeah. So sure. like, uh-huh. I'm, from what I understand, you're saying that happens more in the next episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> so like, dude literally gets like shot in the head through the eye. Yeah. And like everybody's like, "Good job, guys. We did it." Now let's slowly turn away from him and walk <sighs> off into the. Uh oh! I, I got mortally wounded. I got shot again. Uh-huh, <laughs> Damn. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe we ought to fucking check for a pulse or just cut this dude's head off like a zombie. I don't know. But eventually, this culminates in a fight over like you know lava, like the end of Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. And like Bisco's on his last legs because he's been like shot like thirty times. Shot like thirty times. With like rust, like Mega coated rust, bullets, yeah. so like he's like like eighty percent of his body is rust at this point, and so in like in a final gambit, he like tackles Kurakawa off the side of like the the walkway into the lava, Terminator Two style, mm-hmm. and they slowly sink into the lava, yep. and like this is oh you know this is, oh no there's this tragic moment where like. Milo's, you know, bis- uh, Milo, I want you to be the one who kills me. I don't want to burn alive. Right. You're right. I don't, I don't want to Shoot burn me. to death horribly in lava. Shoot me, Milo. Even though I chose to tackle this person into the lava, I could have just Milo, like, shoot me. Him this off was the, the only way it could go, Milo. Yeah, exactly. And, when it was uh, clearly you know, not the only way this could have gone. Milo, this is the only way because it could have possibly gone. It's I need the you only to shoot way me. it could have happened, Milo. I'm sorry, Milo. You have to go into the radioactive chamber, not me. This is your radiation. Um, and shout out to anyone that gets that reference. But. Uh, <laughs> and it all culminates in—I'll admit—a little bit of surprising moment because, or, or, or in the lead up to this episode, there's a lot of like Milo is like, "Wow, Bisco, you should like date, date my, my hot big boob sister. I think she's really into you." And all this stuff, right? Which is very funny because, like, it's They've so met, like, for obvious two seconds, right? that, like, right. Bisco and Milo are the ones with, like, the chemistry. Yes. Because, yes. like, like, when you're right, they were like, no, I care about you too much. I can't let you go while you're in Exactly, here. right? So, this idea that, oh, no, yeah, the one you should definitely date is my sister, wink. So, I can almost appreciate here in the final moment, uh, uh, Milo drops the big Aishteru. Uh-huh. Like, the, the big I love you. Not the I like you. Not you're my bro. Uh-huh. Like, the big Aishteru. The, mm-hmm. the, the, uh-huh. the completely unambiguous I romantically love you. <laughs> so, uh, I guess brownie points for Bisco for having uh-huh. uh, an explicit, like, gay attraction in its show uh minus brownie points for then killing that gay love interest 10 seconds later i mean of course that's <laughs> it uh, doesn't uh... stick so but it does not stick as you might as you might guess this all happens in episode 10 we still have two episodes left 
Uh, so. Yes, yes. Out of the, the horrible lava pit, the turn to lava pit, a, a big old mech comes out. Yes. And starts shooting the rust at everything. And yes. Milo's like, I will carry on Bisco's spirit by acting like Bisco and fighting this robot. Yes. So there's all the action will, stuff, but... uh, I'll pitch my voice down a few decibels uh-huh. to sound more like Bisco. But, uh... Kurok seems like Kurokawa's spirit is somehow inside of the mech. Yes, the man still no, here. Said, All right, this dude's a goner, right? He's melting in the fucking lava like Terminator Two. There's no way this guy's coming back, right? But no, his hatred of Bisco is so st- of 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 the world is so strong that he was able to co-opt uh, the giant doomsday robot that lived in the lava. Uh-huh. So glad I stopped watching this. And yeah. he's attacking the world. And Milo correctly deduces, well, if Kurokawa's still alive, then maybe so is Bisco. Uh-huh, and, and so, so yes. we get episode. multiple episodes yeah. of them like f- trying and failing to fight the giant robot through various means. Uh... Tank shells can bounce, you know, you know, effortlessly bounce off of this robot. But being stabbed with a knife is enough to seriously damage this robot. That's just I how it don't works, man. quite follow, but that just be how it be, I guess. Yeah. And uh, in the latest episode before, you know, before this podcast, uh, Visco just regenerated, completely healthy. He's got like a glowing arm now. Like he's got like a he's got like an Ava, uh-huh. you know, Unit One arm. Right. Uh, just made out of light. Sure. But uh, yep. yeah. So that's 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 where we're at with Bisco. <sighs> yeah. Did anybody want this? <laughs> um. Other other than uh, other than Milo saying he loves Bisco, did anybody want any of this? As I'm sure there are a lot of people that wanted that, but uh, like. They had, they had so many good parts to work with on yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, even in the episodes we're describing, we didn't even mention the part where, like, Kurokawa, like, unleashes his machine gun bees. God, yeah. Right, the, like, the all, like, the weird, bees, like... Gorilla... Like, boxer gorillas. So, yeah, I did like... read an interview where they said uh, that was stuff put in by the anime staff because they thought it fit the vibe. And they were having I mean, a lot of fun, right? Where, whereas in the trying novels, to save it was this, just uh, fighting rabbit head dudes, um, right? Trying to save this trash, right? But of course, of we who are Imaishi likers, go <laughs> who enjoy Trigger's works, go. Yeah, give me more of boxing of gorilla showing up out of nowhere to fight shit. Yeah, right? like let us have some fun with it, please. Yeah, you know, like. Not to once again say, boy, what if this show was directed right. by Hiroyuki Amaishi and screenplayed by Nakashima? But also, what if there was a version of Sabakui right. Bisco that was handled by that staff instead of the staff we currently have? Just go a little have? crazier. Uh, I don't know. Right? Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you'd have to rewrite this. Like, I don't think you I mean, could just. Like, I mean, yes. You're right. Like the like. The, 
I don't the, know. Would, would a Mike come up fundamental... with a good joke about Kurokawa keep coming back from the dead? I mean, that dude's a big Westabu, so you probably would just make a Terminator 2 joke or something. Yes, but also, it would be like, we shoot him, and then he tweens back up, and he's like, I'm still yes. alive! And then we shoot him again, and then he would reverse, tween back up with the exact animation same animation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that would be... Boy. <laughs> that that I mean that would be funny, but it would not save the right. No, uh, no, like the the problems with the, the like, actual the, plot. The problem with Bisco, the problem with Bisco, go far beyond like execution at this point, right? It's not yeah. just like the way it's being portrayed. It is the actual like moment to moment plot beats are like just not particularly well handled at all. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that is like on the is the fault of the original source material, but it just doesn't lead to a very satisfying. Uh, uh, climax. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm inclined to guess that it's the source material because I feel like unless they skipped a lot of mm-hmm. content, I don't see like I don't know. I mean, maybe they did because I, I did feel like there should have been more of a, like a road trip here, right? Like, yeah. right. We only had like two or three episodes of Milo and Bisco on the road together, right? And that felt like that should have been like the main the show. whole show. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they they just cut straight to the the final battle and oh what a waste yeah yeah Terrell came back and maybe my favorite she's character enough, yeah she's not enough to save this show <laughs> is she actually is she actually part of the the group now or uh kind of I think is that <laughs> what is, is there does even that even mean anything at this right. point I don't yeah. know like. <sighs> It should have been. It should have been the, the, the. They get the crew together. They go on their their adventure across the you know the wastelands. Yeah. But, uh, again, what a waste! You hate to see it. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say speaking of wastes, but uh, <sighs> well, you know, I, I'm glad. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about ranking of kings. Yes. Yes. We're, I'm glad I had a couple the days. Shit out of this show, but yeah. yeah, I'm glad I had a couple days to cool off before I talked okay. about this okay. show. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Because if had had we recorded this podcast after watching either the oh man, I think I think uh, there'd be a lot there'd be a lot of hot takes getting thrown. I'd be coming in real show. hot. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if had we recorded this right after watching um, so twenty two episode, yeah. episode twenty two, and to some extent. I have problems with the last episode yes. too, yes. but um, any way you spin it, though, I think the ending was bad. This is a less than ideal way to end a show yes. like this. And, like, no matter how um, you slice it, as, it's as, real. Yeah. It's real disappointing, of course, because yes, up to the end, ranking of kings is like slam dunk anime of the year until you know, mm-hmm. and you know, your ending is important. That yes, is yeah. the last thing yes. you remember. You know, we, we the... will always we will always cite you know the kill the kill precedent <laughs> as like a strong ending can take like a good show into a great show and it can turn a great show back into a good show. <laughs> or uh, it can, it can make Akudama Drive our number one anime of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yes. So, but before I get too much into the bad stuff, I do uh-huh. want to acknowledge because we haven't talked about in a long time uh episodes 20 and 21 great stuff because we did not get a chance to talk about those because those were fantastic fantastic (laughs) episodes 
made the pay, completely landed the payoff, made the wait com- totally worth it. Uh-huh. Um, had they 20- had had episode twenty one been the final episode, this would still be anime of the year. We would all <laughs> be talking dunk. about we would we would all be talking about like oh rank of king slam dunk number one twenty twenty two with a bullet like. Because like episode twenty one is like the payoff, right? It is the culmination yes. of everything Boji has strived for up to this moment. Busted you know, his father. Yes, you know this is it. It is going full Freud of it's... a man must kill his father, like straight <laughs> up. <laughs> like you know, we have Boji facing off against Dida Boss, and like and doing a thing that apparently is a, 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 a anime original is the whole like uh, fake, perception fake a giant boss thing. of boss. As like the Great like, stuff. yes, right. yes, like the, the idea that D- that boss's presence is so grand that even inhabiting the body of Dida, everyone around just can't help but see the aura of Boss himself, the legendary right. warrior king. Even though the but, literal fight is Boji fighting right. Dida, Dida in the yeah. courtyard of the castle, it looks yes. like this big grand. We, we, and they we and get this. They empty the tank animation. They do, yeah. <laughs> like, like this like, is the thing that reminds you that, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like they, they, they're not working on that show anymore. But like, Studio Wit cut their teeth on Attack on Titan, and you yes. really see that mm-hmm. with this episode or, or with episode twenty-one of like fucking Boji, fucking doing all this fucking three D maneuver oh, shit, yeah. like hopping through building windows and dodging the club, and it's amazing. Like, like they, they really knocked it out of the park in a way that. I could never have even conceived back in season one. Like, yeah, like there are moments in season one that look very good. Yes, uh, they don't look this. Good. <laughs> they don't look. They don't look episode twenty one good. It's. It's. I mean, we talked about um, earlier in season two how they might have been saving their strength for something, and this is what they were saving. This is there. what it was. Yes. <laughs> saving the saving up for. Yeah. It's, so it's really fantastic that and they really brought it all out. Every everything in that episode was just like such a great conclusion to what we've been through to Boji's story to the whole like so many loose ends were tied up maybe not every loose end but that's fine like they could I feel like they could have just ended the ended the series there and it would have been great and then the problem is we had two episodes uh-huh. 22 and 23 uh-huh. happened 22 might be like if you I go mean, back I, and check, if you go back and check the tape on our last episode, yeah, I literally say I hope they don't redeem Miranjo, at least not like completely. Like I knew they were going to probably right. save her or whatever, but twenty twenty two is probably the worst episode of Ranking of Kings. Yeah, I I like, would easily say that. Yes, I, I think so. Yeah, I, it's so. As we are alluding to, twenty two is mostly about Miranjo, the liberation. Yeah. And redemption in scare quotes of Moranjo. <laughs> and who I'll remind everyone we... has uh, murdered people, committed war crimes, uh, sacrificed children to the devil. Um, like she's literally sacrificed uh, children to the devil. Yeah, um, like like Moranjo is an evil person who has done like very evil. Like, and that's the thing, and, and and that is the thing that maybe bothers me a, a lot about Ranking of Kings. Like, kind of weird, like fairy tale take on morality, is that Ranking of Kings' thesis is essentially that Moranjo did evil things, but she's not an evil person. Right. When like. Right. I think most of us would probably argue that your actions define who you are. Yes. Um, right. Like, and I, I was thinking about how 
so and again we are we're just spoiling the show to whatever oh, so yeah. stop listening folks but when they when they reveal that uh despa was really there to try to save oken to get the, uh-huh. the yes. wish for right. the devil the it was to the point where I was hoping that they would save Oken over <laughs> Right. <laughs> who's yeah, also a mass Oken, murderer Oken, over Mirage. Oken literally well, like, did crazy, nothing wrong. Right? <laughs> like, like, Oken was literally just a, a victim of his curse, right? Right. Like, yes, Moranjo made those choices like, on her own accord. Moranjo did literally everything wrong. Oken, unironically, not even in the Anafugo way, but in the truly unironic, <laughs> Oken did nothing wrong. Right, like right. that's like Not that's like blaming choice, right? you know like, it'd be like blaming an animal for eating somebody. Like, right, like the dude is literally like a curse to go crazy from immortality, like, and so, so it really really bothers me because in the end. It feels like, for better, like, I mean, for worse, not for better or worse, just for worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ranking no of Kings falls into the old trap of, that I think anime often falls into, of the conventionally pretty character is redeemed regardless of their past actions. Mm-hmm. And the monsters, at least visually, regardless of their actions, are forced to continue to suffer. And. It really bothers me because here's the thing. We all knew in our... Like, once Boji forgave Domas, I think we all understood in our heart of hearts, okay, Boji will forgive anyone, right? right. Boji will forgive Moranjo, right? We know this to be true. Right. The thing... That doesn't, and, mean, the, and, that doesn't mean the writer has to forgive him, Right. 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 Like, and, and, even, and even more than that, it's not that Moranjo isn't undeserving of redemption, but she has to earn that redemption. Right. Yeah. And the writing does not allow that to happen. It just hands it to her for free. It, yeah. it, it and I, like I should point out whole, it's not like yeah. it's ahead. not when we say rede- when we say she gets she, she gets off like completely scot free here, like it's not like, oh, she doesn't die. It's not like, you know, oh well they just, you know, put her in prison or something. Dida is like, I'm going to marry you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we, again, which is weird. Like, which is a Dida, whole other thing to unpack. I mean, but. I mean, Dida is literally an Elden Ring character. Like <laughs> he is willing to forgive. Like this man is chasing after the pussy of a girl who is evil. Like that is Dida's entire mo. Dida is going to usher in the Age of Stars. Oh but, my god! Age of Mirrors. I, I digress. No, but, but so the thing that really frustrates me. Okay, actually, like like joking aside, like let's say, like actually getting down to it. The argument that Ranking of Kings essentially makes is that if the person who was wronged forgives the wrongdoer, then everybody else should also be ex- accepted expected to accept that forgiveness. Right. 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 The core thesis is that well, Dido was the one wronged by Moranjo, and if Dido forgives Moranjo, then all is forgiven. Well, as I if mean... we're just meant to ignore all the other people. Yeah, that there are Moranjo a lot more people wronged, wronged by than just Dido. Right. How about and like how Dido? About was, the... Dido wasn't even that okay. Like, sure, he was locked up in the void for twenty episodes. Right. But... Uh, she did. She did use his body to right, sacrifice his like, body to resurrect. Dido is saying, "Oh, I forgive you." It's like you've been. Arguably the least wronged 
fight right. for the rest of us. Like, like I swear to God, when they showed the ghost of her mom and Boji's mom giving her the thumbs up, I was like, oh, no, my like God, I have Boji's mom with, like, double middle fingers or something. I know, just, right? Like, it's like, it, it just, it really frustrates me because it's like, I know that it's, this show is going to be this type of show, right? It's going to have this type of morality. But, like, if, if, so, okay, so here's the thing. As a contrast, Domas does something essentially unforgivable, right? He tries to murder a child. Domas arguably earns his redemption because we are shown him suffering for his actions. Right, we, he puts his see, life on the line to try to make up for... We see him he... internalizing his guilt. We see him going through the motions of, like, the deep self-loathing for his actions. And so, in right. the end, when Domas swears to serve Boji to the end of his days... We can, on one hand, still say, yeah, but you're still a fuckboy, mm-hmm. but also, I guess you have paid your dues. You got kicked in the nuts by, by King Waluigi. And and even and even then, like, I praised the show for having Boji, like, I knew Boji was going to forgive him, but, like, he was reluctant to, because that makes sense, right? Yes, like, exactly, right? Domas, er, like, again, I, I, I wouldn't even say earns, but he gets his redemption over the course of, like, five, six episodes. They make some effort. It is portrayed with nuance of, like, you've done things that are unforgivable, and so, therefore, like, you know, you have to, you'll have to work to yes. pay off your and, metaphorical and even, debt. And, and, and even more than that, Domas accepts that he may never be forgiven. Right. Right? Which I think is one of the key parts of redemption in fiction. Hell, redemption in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is literally what Megalobox 2 was about. <laughs> is that you don't... You're not owed redemption. You're not owed forgiveness. Right. You should still go through the actions. You still have to pay that debt. But you should pay that debt knowing and accepting you may never be forgiven. Right. Like, that's part of what redemption is. And... Because it's not about being forgiven. It's about... <laughs> making things right we don't we don't even really see maranjo's perspective much on this no like she's just told you're forgiven like that's what really frustrates me about 22 and 23 is that dida just says you're forgiven and then maranjo just spends most of that episode crying Uh right like she's just like like, she has i don't deserve she has like one she has like one pithy line about how like i'll make sure what i did never happens again like yeah no shit you dumb bitch that's the bare minimum (laughs) like yeah I mean, like, I here's the thing. It would have been performative. It would have been. It still wouldn't have like alleviated things that much. But if if we had even just gotten one line about like after Dida says he forgives Moranjo, if Moranjo had even just said something along along the lines of like, I don't accept your forgiveness because I'm not worthy of it yet. Right. Right. Even like, that if she much. Had, she, if she been... had the self awareness to say I am not worthy of that yet. Like, I have a long... Like, if, if Mirage had just said, I have a long road ahead of me to be worthy of that forgiveness, mm-hmm. and that I have a... There are, there are a lot of things I have to do for many people before I am worthy of your forgiveness. If she had even said that, like, look, it's still performative. It still wouldn't have been great, be, but at least that would have been something, right? Like, but at least it would prove that the writing of the show understands that, like... That for a proper, like, redemption that is worthy of forgiveness, th- that there is a long road to get there. And instead, it just fucking hands that shit to her like a trophy. Like, yeah. it's... it's. 
I think it's really, I think the it's only really way I think the only way out of that could have been if they set up some way, even if they forgive her, that she would have had to maybe sacrifice herself to save everybody or something, right? Like that's right. Like you can't even, have her continue to just be there. I don't think right. <laughs> like, and, and it's and it's frustrating on all levels, right? Because again, as we were alluding to earlier. Moranjo's redemption also fucks over the characters we like way more than Moranjo. Right. Like, Despa, when it's revealed that Despa and Desha did this whole thing on the, like, one, like, long one shot. One of a percent chance of. <laughs> shot in the dark hope of saving their brother. Right. And Dida just fucking swipes that. Yeah. And, like, Despa is just, like, weirdly forgiving of it, and he just kind of gives this, like, finger-wagging speech to Moranjo, like, well, you you better make sure that history remembers your actions. It's like... Yeah. And, like, and, and actually what really frustrates me about this on, on, on a different level is that that's what pushes Desha to accept the number one ranking. Right. Like, Desha... It is implied at the end of the series that Desha is going to sacrifice his own sanity and morality... Right. On the off chance that it will save his brother. So, not only do we have the character that nobody likes getting redeemed, but the character that many of us do like is going to like probably get brainwashed into just a flat, boring villain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, and, and this is not to, like, say, oh, that, like, Desha did nothing wrong. Okay, look, Desha killed a kid, too, all right? Like, let's yeah. not... <laughs> Let's let's be clear here. But again, but, they spent the time to explore the complicated feelings about that and everything. Like exactly. it's not like, like yeah, it's not that like, black and white. But yeah, and, and and another reason why this bothers me on a more meta level is that one of the things I liked about Desha as a character is that he was part of the general ranking of kings like theme of like you can't judge a book by its cover, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like Domas, the Golden Knight, turns out to be a craven sniveling backstabber. <laughs> Bebin, right. the, the shady snake knight, turns out to actually be a an honest, compassionate individual, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Apius, the stoic knight, is actually simping mega hard <laughs> for this lady in a mirror, right? All these characters are defined by, like, not only their appearance, but also in the ways they buck that trend, right? And yeah. so Desha is part of that. Of Desha appears to be your stereotypical monstrous, you know, Mao demon king, right? Mm-hmm. But then you find his backstory about how he and his brothers were leading a rebellion against an even worse person, their own father. And how, like, that like experience defined their relationship. And so the thing that really worries me about Desha accepting the number one ranking is that, oh, are we going to get a character like Desha who was, like, fun and, like, multifaceted right. in interesting and ways? We, yeah. And he's, is he going to just get reduced into an evil right, stereotype? Right, take the conventionally, like, evil-looking character and just turn them into a conventionally evil character yeah. after already like, taking the time to explore how he's a multifaceted individual. Exactly. And it's it really frustrates me because this is all done to the benefit of Moranjo, a character that... Look, I am not saying that she is unsympathetic. I am not saying that she has not un- endured legitimate suffering based on her, well, now increasingly questionably suspect backstory. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, she didn't deserve to win this big. Like, yeah. I'm, like maybe there is a world where Ranking of Kings does end with Moranjo being freed with the mirror. But it does not. She did not earn an ending this clean, right? Yeah. And, and, and as and a, a result, in a story that's we enjoyed because it's 
more nuanced than yeah. a storybook fairy tale. And hell, like, this even kind of gets into probably, let's be real, probably most of our problems with 23 as yeah. well. Where, like, Boji becomes the king. 23 just felt and... like complete throwaway, like... Yeah, like... Well, completely inconsequential. Like, this is one of those things of, like, this is probably one of those problems where, like, in the original manga, this is just a chapter transition between this this arc and the next arc. Right. But the nature of anime means that they have to, like, inflate it to feel more significant than it actually is. Yeah. Because it is kind of the most hackneyed premise of, like, oh, no, Kage thinks that now that Boji's king, he doesn't need me anymore, so Which I'm doesn't make to... any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Like, we were talking about the dude who literally stowed away in this kid's backpack on Bevin's, like, suggestion to save this dude's life from Domas. Like, like, like th- this this whole, this the, the whole ending just really felt like amateur hour to me. Like, yeah. I don't, like... It feels, it I, feels like they, oh my god, like, I hate to even say this because, like, it feels like they looked at some of the emotional beats of, like, the first season, and all they took from it was, oh, people like Ranking of Kings because the characters cry a lot. <laughs> it's, it's like that's all they took from it. Uh... Because that's what it feels like in the last episode. It's just, oh, but look, Kage and Boji are crying together. Isn't that a great emotional payoff? And it's like, no, because the premise was faulty to begin with. Like I'll, I'll say the, I'll I'll throw in with the crying, the only highlight is Queen Healing being MVP. In the- okay, Healing's yes. great. Like that's the thing. Healing is actually the one unassailable character all the way to the end of this show. Like yeah. that final conversation Queen Healing has with Boji, is masterful. It's right. like if you so when, when she, when she yeah. first even a couple episodes back, like when or it might have been in twenty two even when she when she finally gets to see both Boji and Dida. Yeah. yeah. And her sons and how they've grown up. That was, like, a great moment. But th- great that was, moment. like, a combined, like, three minutes like, of two episodes. Yes. <laughs> like, unbelievable, <sighs> like, unbelievably well-handled character. Maybe, like, one of the, like, the best, like, fictional moms I've she's, seen. Yeah, she's got to yeah. be top. In, in, she's top-tier like, anime mom. Yeah, like, top sure. mom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you posted that clip of Healing's final conversation with Boji in the last episode about, like... You know, your obligations as a king, but also how much you deserve happiness. Yeah. And, like, how, at the end of the day, all parents truly want is for their children to be happy. You post that clip out of context, that's, like, an all-timer, like, moment in character acting. Right, right. It's great. The problem is the context of which that conversation occurs. Yeah. It's like, god damn it. With all the ridiculous shots of Boji filling out paperwork. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I know we're, I know we're running out of time here, but I do want to go here with this. Uh, I wanted to. I was thinking a lot about the controversy that came out of a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And which to you know you can go back to the two episodes ago when we talked about this in full, but the general idea was that in one of the episodes with Moranjo's backstory, it was implied that that there are people accusing the author of using that as a allegory for Japan's colonization of Korea and, you know, painting that as a justifiable position or whatever. But I was thinking about that again with Moranjo's redemption mm-hmm. mm. and particular because in this, in this allegory, Moranjo would essentially represent Japan, right? Yes. Um, 
and how she is completely absolved of all guilt. Ah, I see where this is going. And uh, particularly Despa's little finger-wagging speech that you mentioned, Uh how, uh, you know, she should, uh, you know, continue on. So so I I think the exact wording he used was, um, you should live on to tell people why you did what you did. Uh Uh-huh. So that, you know, history doesn't repeat itself. Yep. And, and... You know, basically that, (laughs) and by saying why you did what you did, kind of implying that it was justified. Right, so that people will understand the justification of your actions. Yes, and again, while I still feel this is all vague enough to not necessarily accuse Ranking of Kings of taking that position, Mm -hmm. I don't think it helps. (laughs) Look, if the gods hadn't emplaced an embargo on oil sales to us... Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have had had to invade... um... Because, I mean, that is the implication, because they they show Muranjo... I mean, she's horribly abused. Like, that's not in question, right? Uh Yes. But... To take that as a, any kind of justification for the response, which, again, were all things that she chose to do that she didn't yes. have to do. Yes. Um, that it, more so than because practically every character in the show has done something bad, but there's usually, yes. <laughs> if not a justification, there's usually a reason for it, right? Yeah. Right, like Miranjo barely had like I guess she likes boss a lot. Like that's her entire motivation. That's kind of like, it, yeah. And and this is all very bad things that she chose to do, and she has no consequences for them. And then when you tie that back into those accusations, it's like it's not a great look. And again, it really isn't. I don't Man. think it's like clear enough to like really confirm that that is what they're trying to say. But it doesn't quite line up, but I think I, I I have a pretty good like grasp on like what you are yeah, getting I at with you. the nature it, of like it because doesn't help. in a lot of ways, <laughs> like not to like go full meta, but like I would argue that there are in fact a lot of Japanese stories and their feelings on redemption often feel like they're based in very specific events that happened in Japan's <laughs> cultural memory, shall yeah. we say. And and I, I mean, I would level similar accusations to those as well. Like, it's I'm not just singling yeah. out Ranking of Kings, but, but... I mean, you know, it is the thing, right? Of Even if it's not intentional, you write what you know, and you yeah. write about where you come from. And yeah. So it, it, it wouldn't be surprising for that to be the case. I just think that it is unfortunate that for a show that, like, started so strong about, like... We shouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> no, like, 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 this is a show that, like, at its core believed in the power of empathy to save us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a show that believed that empathy and understanding would, would, would bring us all higher. For it to, like, use the most basic, like, simple version of that theme in its finale. Like, it, right. it really is unfortunate because, like, in a lot of ways, I was telling Eero this, like, if Ranking of Kings had started out as a typical fairy tale, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us would have watched it. Like, right. We watched it because it was a fairy tale with like nuance and depth that had interesting things to say about its fairy tale archetypes. Right. So it feels, the show so it feels just, bad when the ending is it, just the most basic-ass fairy tale archetype. Yeah, it's just a fairy tale ending. It's like, it feels like it threw out all that nuance and depth by the time it, it reached its conclusion. 
And it's just unfortunate because I think as we were saying, like there are like some legitimately great moments in a vacuum, even in these final episodes. But the way this show concludes is just this it's impossible to ignore, and that's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed I, to be the chosen one. Like um I I Yeah. I, 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 I think, like, it, it, it breaks my heart because I think to every time we fucking just, like, you know, offhandedly said, like, <laughs> whatever about 2021, 2022 is ranking of King's year. Right. Uh-huh. Right? About how we gleefully, ex- like, did not include ranking of King's in our top, like, ranking of 2021 so, hey, because... So it was a true record of our feelings at the time. Of of yeah. our sheer confidence but this in is But this is why we don't... To- this is why we don't include it until it's done. Yeah. You but never that, know what's going to happen. I mean, it has to be that way, right? Because, like, if we had included Ranking of Kings on our 2021 list, how do we feel now, right? Like, yeah. Back, I, so. I, I, I think as time passes, I'll probably, <sighs> even, even in the couple days since the last episode aired, I've lightened up a little bit on it. Um, sure. I, but yeah. I don't, in, I think it could still end up in my top five by the end of the year, but it's not a slam dunk number could, one sure. anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but that's I the mean... thing. It it went from the obvious front runner to now merely a contender amongst the pack. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and what's, what's sad is like, when I'm remembering ranking of Kings at the end of the year, you know, nine months from now, mm-hmm. like the first thing I'm probably gonna think about is the ending. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's unfortunate because there were twenty fantastic episodes before that. There sure were. Oh, it, so yeah, I don't know. We will have that discussion again in December, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, that puts a bow on this past season of anime. Um. We'll see how next season goes, whether we need to go to the backlog again. <laughs> I, I do want to note, I did finish Thunderbolt Fantasy Season 2. It's good. Again, it's pretty I good. We're, we're running out of time here, but I just want to say that was very good. Yeah. The last couple of episodes were absolutely wild. Um, yeah, like like speaking of a show that, I mean, God, I don't want to curse it here, but speaking of a show that will never let you <laughs> down. <laughs> no, never, nothing will ever go wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, Look, just, as long as Urobuchi stays on board, I think Thunderbolt will be okay. You want to? I know talk- I, it's crazy to say that, but I feel like as long as Urobuchi remains committed to, <laughs> to Thunderbolt, Thunder- Fantasy. Thunderbolt Fantasy, does feel like his true calling. I yes, think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, man, it was it was it was all it was all great though. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about simping? I did not expect the uh, the monk guy to go that hard for uh. Sword. The evil sword and everything. You ever just and see a man simp for a sword so hard that they like weirdly to... borderline sexual attraction to yes. uh and then the... Oh man, I can't wait for you to get to season three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is some stuff about well, we've got there. men's relation with swords and <laughs> men's relation with women. Oh my goodness! That, oh my God! Let's you're just right. say yeah. use right. yes. the sword in season two as a jump-off point for that. <laughs> oh, they, they found a, a whole new uh, path to go down with that, huh? I guess, uh, we'll see. Well. I guess you'll see. But uh, for you, first of all, you're gonna have to watch the second movie. Yeah. Yes, okay, that's uh, Bewitching next. Melody of the West, which is uh, great. I would agree with Eero's assessment is maybe the best Thunderbolt fantasy has ever been. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, 
I'm looking forward to that then. Um, did you guys? Did you guys? Uh, well, you're st- you would still be watching the thing. The what? Big O, Big o and, and Gunsword. Uh, Gunsword. Yeah. Yes, we will be continuing that into next season. Yeah, and we are. We you can check out our last episode for our preview for next season. I'm not going to get into that. Right. We're yeah. mostly just looking forward to Spy Family, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Then let's uh, do our housekeeping. You can just check, check us out at theglorioblog.com, where we will be doing our first look soon. It's happening soon, in the next couple weeks. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, theglorioblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, all that good stuff. You can tell your friends, tell your enemies. And we'll catch everybody next time.